Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us today, as today's show was brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundboard for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils. On today's show, we react to the Duke loss versus Miami on Saturday as number two Duke loses 76-74 at home against the Miami Hurricanes. In segment number two, Wendell Moore Jr. and Paulo Panchero offer their thoughts after the loss to the Hurricanes. And then finally, in segment number three, a little Duke women's basketball talk as they're in the win column again in ACC play following a road victory versus Syracuse yesterday. As I said, my name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of this podcast. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Be sure to also subscribe to our Lockdown Blue Devils YouTube page to watch the show daily. Thank you for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen every single day. Duke loses 76-74 against the Miami Hurricanes on Saturday night inside Cameron Indoor Stadium, a game that was tied at halftime. Duke falls to 12-2 overall on the season, 2-1 in ACC play. Miami improves to 13-3 overall on the year. They are 5-0 in ACC play. They've won nine straight games. A little bit later today on this Monday, the newest AP Top 25 poll will be released. I will be stunned. If the Miami Hurricanes are not in the top 25, they're a really good basketball team, and they're proving that each and every time they take the floor. A win for the Hurricanes led by the play of their guards. Charlie Moore, Cameron McGusty, Isaiah Wong, the three guys in particular to highlight. Jordan Moore had a nice game as well. He had 17 points and five rebounds for the Hurricanes. Cameron McGusty with 14 points. Isaiah Wong had 15. And then Charlie Moore led the way for Miami, 18 points, three rebounds, two assists, and seven Steals. Seven steals for Charlie Moore. That was seven of 15 total for the Miami basketball team. One of the highest total of steals ever against a Duke men's basketball team. A Duke team that turned the basketball over 17 times. A season high in turnovers for Duke. That was the biggest story of this game. Duke did not take care of the basketball. That is the biggest and one of the only reasons that Duke lost this game versus Miami. As a team, Miami shot 46% from the floor. They shot 4 of 16, 25% from three-point range, 8 of 11 from the free throw line. The numbers offensively aren't too crazy for Miami. Again, they scored 76 points. This is a Miami team that was averaging over 90 so far in ACC play. So Duke was really on their A game defensively compared to what Miami's been able to do uh, so far this year. Obviously, Duke's defense is much better than they showed against the Hurricanes as Duke only forced five turnovers of Miami. Duke's got to do a better job defensively of forcing those turnovers, but they were going up against the veteran guards of the Hurricanes and just not able to get it done. Again, Duke with 17 turnovers, a season-high killer number for the Blue Devils. Individually, Duke had Wendell Moore Jr. with a double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. If I stop there, you're like, all right, that's a pretty good game. Wendell, 12 rebounds, wow. Leading rebounder for the team, had 7 assists. We've always known him to be the leading assist man for Duke. 
Well, Wendell had six turnovers, and a couple of them were careless. Some sloppy turnovers, lazy passes from Wendell. I'm thinking of a couple of uh, hit-ahead passes that he's trying to hit a breaking man off of one of Duke's few turnovers that they were able to force defensively. But lazy passes from Wendell uh, just weren't great. He dribbled it off his foot one time, which wasn't awesome. Uh, and also Wendell went 0 for 4 from the three-point line. So he's shooting the ball much better this season, but did not shoot that well versus Miami. That was killer. Paulo Banchero had a great game for Duke, 20.7 rebounds. Only three turnovers for Paolo. He was 2 of 4 from the three-point line. Mark Williams played well for Duke, all things considered. 12 points, 7 rebounds, 6 blocked shots for Mark on 27 minutes of play. He also had 3 turnovers. Uh, Jeremy Roach had 3 turnovers as well uh, for the Duke Blue Devils in the contest versus Miami. Mark Williams, of course, again, that 12.7 rebounds, 6 blocks. But a couple of times down low, he was just not forceful with the basketball. And quick Miami guards were able to kind of run by and knock it loose and head off the other way. Mark's got to be much more aggressive. I thought he honestly wouldn't play that much with what we were talking about, the way the guards play for Miami. I thought maybe there would be a scenario where he got forced off the floor, but Mark played way more than I thought he would. There were stretches where he was so dominant and forced Miami to kind of make some big switches defensively because it's like, all right, this is 7-1. You've got a bunch of guards out here. What are you going to do? But then there are also times where Mark Williams, you kind of forgot he was out there on the floor offensively. Duke needed to take advantage of his post-touches, but Miami defensively did a really nice job of limiting those. Jeremy Roach and Trevor Keels both had nine points on the day. Trevor Keels had nine points, six rebounds, four assists, but he was two of 11 from the floor and one of six from three-point range. Trevor Keels had an open look right wing for the win as time expired, but he wasn't able to knock it down. A.J. Griffin finished with 10 points, six rebounds, three turnovers. Duke has a three-point lead with 44 seconds left in the contest. Timeout by Miami. Don't foul, don't foul, don't foul. That's what it takes. Duke had been losing for the majority of the final seven, eight minutes of that second half and finally had gotten the lead back 74-71, again with 44 seconds left in the timeout. The players are talking after the fact about how the message is don't foul. You could have assumed that what happens well, Charlie Moore drives to the rim. Jeremy Roach kind of slips, backpedaling. Really haven't seen a play like this before. And as he's falling, fouls Charlie Moore, who does an underhanded little layup towards the rim. It goes in and one on the play. You're thinking, oh my gosh, are you serious? So Charlie Moore goes to the free throw line with a chance to tie it. He misses it. A long rebound controlled by Miami. And then Cameron McGusty goes to lay it in. Miami's got a one-point lead. Duke goes down the other way. Trevor Keels tries to drive to the rim. Has this mid-floater, I should say, a floater sort of uh, misses badly. Miami gets the basketball back. Duke is forced to foul. Miami then goes and makes one of two free throws. So a two-point game for Duke. They've got the ball with eight seconds going back up the other way. A pull-up three by Wendell Moore Jr. misses. The ball goes out of bounds. Duke has the ball with .7 seconds left. They review to see how much time is on the clock, so Duke's able to draw up a play. You're wondering, okay, are, gonna, are they going to lob it towards the rim, toward Mark Williams, or try to find an open shooter? They find Trevor Keels, really, again, an open look with .7 seconds left. He just can't knock it down, and Duke loses the game, again, by a score of 76-74. to 74. Six Duke players played 191 of 200 minutes for Duke. We talk about this, and, and when you try to nitpick, about Duke basketball, it's something that everyone talks about. Coach K's tenure at Duke, again, 42 years leading the charge for the Blue Devils, and uh, you're not wise to ever doubt the man. But one of the things that's always pointed out 
is that he gets into a tendency of only playing his guys a couple of minutes here and there and that sort of thing and and uh, and really not have that deep of a bench. Again, six players played 191 of the 200 game minutes. Joey Baker with six, Theo John with three. Those were sort of the guys that did not play a whole lot, those six main players for Duke. Moore, Banchero, Williams, Keels, Roach, and Griffin. Uh, Theo John had a bucket in three minutes of play, so he finished with two points. Joey Baker did not attempt a shot, but Duke did not go deep into their bench. Uh, this was a game after Duke had the long break because of the COVID-19 postponements within their program. Again, on Tuesday this week, Duke had the game versus Georgia Tech, their first game in some time where they shot a season-low 37%. But again, Duke shot the ball much better themselves. They shot 46% from the floor, 29% from three, 6 of 21 in the three-point range, and 82% from the free-throw line as Duke went 14 of 17. And again, 57% shooting from Duke in the second half, even tied at halftime in the second half. They did a good job of making shots. It was just that they were turning the basketball over. And you can't do that. You can't do that. And that's the number one thing this Duke team is talking about. Now they get ready to take on Wake Forest on Wednesday. Wake Forest, one of the top teams in the ACC thus far. I believe they're 4-1. As we get closer to the game, we'll talk a little bit more about Wake Forest coming up on Wednesday. And that's a road game. It'll be the first true road game in league play for Duke. They had the one true road game at Ohio State. It was a loss. Now Duke goes back down on the road for only the second time this season. And we'll see if they can knock off Wake Forest on Wednesday and get back into the win column. Again, I'm, I, I know Miami's going to be ranked in the top 25 when the AP poll is released later today. I'm curious to see how far Duke falls after, again, being number two in the country and losing by two to the Hurricanes. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Wendell Moore Jr. and Paolo Banchero react to the loss. You're listening to Locked On Blue Devils. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's bars that are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You got to find a way to lose some weight in the new year. I think Built Bar is the best way to go when you want to eat healthy and get a great start to your day. So many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel mint brownie, and many, many more. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order at Built.com. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Back on Locked On Blue Devils, my name is JJ Jackson. Duke basketball loses to Miami 76-74 over the weekend. Duke is now 2-1 in ACC play. Miami 5-0, the top of the conference. They've won nine straight basketball games. Wendell Moore Jr., Paolo Banchero had the opportunity to speak with reporters after the game, adding their totals from Miami. Wendell Moore Jr., now averaging 16 points per game for this Duke team, 5.9 rebounds, 4.9 assists, shooting 54.5% from the floor. A really dynamic, really special basketball player for Duke. Again, he had 12 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, but 6 turnovers for Wendell. Paolo Banchero now is averaging 17.3 points per game, the leading score for Duke, 7.5 rebounds per game, 2.3 assists, and Paolo is shooting 49.4% from the floor. Let's listen to these guys. They were great defensively tonight. They had quite a few steals. You know, you talked about their guards coming in, but as the game wore on, you know, what made them so tough defensively? 
Um, I mean, I probably say they played. They definitely played a good game defensively tonight, but at the same time, I think we helped them out a lot. Um, a lot of our turnovers kind of unforced errors, uh, just kind of lazy passes. Uh, I was just dribbling the ball off our legs, and that dribbling and double team, just things that we know uh, that we really can't do. Um, and stuff that we went over the scout report. Uh, so I thought we cleaned up some of that stuff. I think the outcome uh, um, is definitely a little different tonight. Where do, you, where do you think those came from tonight, Wendell? Is it fatigue? Is it the break? Is it just getting back together? Is it just one of those nights? Yeah. Is there any one thing you can point to? I mean, that's not one thing I could put it on. I mean, it's not on any one player, not on uh, not anything like that. I mean, I really just had a game win tonight. I mean, we went over our scout report. We knew what we were supposed to do. Um, but at the same time, we kind of didn't do what we were supposed to do in the scout report. Wendell, they're obviously a very veteran team. Um, and they play a different style than maybe you have seen earlier in the season. How does playing a game like this maybe help you guys moving forward, especially as you're starting to ramp up ACC play? Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like our Achilles heel this year has been how young we are. I mean, I really think that all starts with me. I feel like um, tonight I didn't lead the guys the way I was supposed to. Um, up three with 30 seconds left, I feel like as leader, um, I can't let our team lose that game. Um, I mean, so really, I kind of put this one on me as a leader. I mean, I feel like if I'm there more with my teammates, again, I feel like the outcome is different. Um, and I mean, yeah, they're a veteran team, but at the same time, they're kind of a new team. I mean, so it's kind of both sides of the spectrum. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like we follow our scouting part and I lead our team better. I feel like the outcome is different. No, they were, they were, they're hard to guard. They're quick. They're, they get off the dribble and they also backdoor the numerous times. How challenging was it to try to keep them contained? Yeah. I mean, their offense is, uh, definitely unconventional, but it's definitely something that we've seen before. I mean, we played against backdoor cuts all year. Uh, I mean, so we just fell asleep a couple times. I mean, but those three guards that they have are really good. And then when you add those three guards, uh, you have their role players playing well. Uh, Jordan Miller played a great game. Uh, uh, Anthony Walker played a game. Uh, he also played a great game. So we have uh, uh, their role players that play good, and, and uh, along with their stars playing good, they're a very good team. Speaking of the scouting report, Charlie Moore last year, so how much was he featured on what you guys were doing going into the night? Yeah. Uh, he was a big feature in the scouting report. I mean, he's there. Uh, he's their star guard. I mean, we knew what he was doing. Uh, I mean, we kind of knew them down to a T. Uh, but I mean, I felt we didn't follow the scouting report as well as we could tonight. When so the youth has been an Achilles heel for you guys, I mean, how does that get solved in the next two months or however many yeah. months the season has? Uh, like I said before, I think it starts with me. I, mean, I think I have to be a better leader out there in the court, uh, not just in timeouts and things like that, saying, uh, saying things to God, but I feel like I need to be more, uh, I'm a more vocal leader on the court um, in the moment when things are happening. Wendell, you mentioned Duke's turnovers. Duke was only able to force five Miami turnovers. What was Miami doing so well that it made so hard to turn them over? Uh, they were just taking care of the ball and running their offense. I mean, our pressure didn't really bother them as much as it bothered the team. I mean, they're an older team. Um, so they got a lot of college under the belt, so they probably faced a lot of pressure before. Uh, I mean, so I guess our pressure tonight didn't bother them as much as we wanted it to. Uh, I mean, but they're a very good team. I mean, every team, they're going to turn the ball over uh, 15, 20 times a game and make it easy for us. Uh, I mean, we're going to have dog fights like this all year. Uh, so this is just the one of many that we're going to have. Wendell, can you sort of walk us through what you saw on their last on that last field goal when they got the rebound off the free throw miss and then obviously going or able to lay it in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he missed the free throw. I mean, I feel like, I mean, we uh, we had a pinch on that side. We had to shoot a pinch, uh, but the ball kind of took a uh, weird bounce, kind of went higher. Uh, I mean, I guess our guys might have missed time to jump or something, um, and they were able to get a rebound, was getting max possession, um, led to that big layup uh, with 
probably about eight seconds left or, um, or something like that. Uh, so again, I mean, I, put, I mean, I feel like we clean up some of those little things. I mean, but again, it all starts with the leadership. It all starts with me. Give us your initial thoughts on. Uh, yes, yeah, tough game. Dude, it was a good team. Um, yeah, man, we they stuck with it the whole game. You know, we had the lead, 30 seconds. They made some big plays. You know, that point guard, um, Moore, he led them the whole game. He made big play after big play, big shot after big shot. Now, in terms of the defense for you guys, Coach mentioned that they got you a little bit more spread out than you would like to be, or you hit some of those backdoor cuts. Just what made it so tough to stick with them? Yeah, um, you know, we wanted to kind of be able to bluff when they drove and recover. But, I mean, they, they was real good shooters as well, so it was kind of hard. You know, you kind of have to decide. So it was just kind of hard for us to either you're hugged up on your man or you're over helping. So, yeah. Credit to them. They spread. They spread us out the whole game. Kept good spacing and made made shots, made cuts. This team, you talk, came and talking about the guard play. You guys knew what they could do, and obviously they had a lot of steals. I think they had definitely double digit steals there. What made them so tough defensively? Yeah, they, they do a good job of, uh, of plugging plugging the lane when you drive, forcing you to kick out. Um, so they had a lot of steals off that. Um, but I think a lot. Some of it was on us too. I think we were sloppy, um, especially in the first half. Just some turnovers, um, something we got to clean up. But you know, they they uh, definitely accepted the challenge defensively. Oh, you had that sequence uh, with about 45 seconds left. We had the layup and then the steal and the dunk and end up calling timeout. We guys had a three-point lead. You sort of talk us through what was your emotion at that point? Were you guys sort of telling each other in the huddle at that point after that? Yeah, um, after that sequence, we were telling each other just, you know, don't foul, no threes. Don't foul any shooters, no threes. Switch everything. Um, and like, like I said, more, you know, he came up with a, with a back of batter shot um, and one that went in. So, yeah, that was it. How does a game like this, they are obviously a very experienced team, or at least they have a lot of upperclassmen there. Um, with the style they play, how can this maybe help you guys moving forward, playing a game like that against a better team like that? Yeah, no, it helped us a lot. You know, they weren't <clears throat> they weren't really phased, you know, by being on the road or being in Cameron. Like like you said, they're real experience. So you know, they came in and played their game and executed. Um, so it's just a lesson for us. You know, you know we got to be sharp. You know, because whenever the teams play us, they're going to be you know sharp as can be. They're always going to be you know giving us their best shot. So you know, we got to match that and give every team our best shot um, and be sharp. Again, that was Wendell Moore Jr. speaking first, followed by Paolo Banchero. They talked about the careless turnovers. That's the big difference in the basketball game. Seems like Duke was really aware of the scouting report that you had to be on the lookout for those guards. And Charlie Moore, Cameron McGusty, and Isaiah Wong, and yet they were able to get to their spots. Charlie Moore, an amazing game. Again, 18 points and seven steals. Seven steals for Charlie Moore. One of the best individual performances defensively from a guard ever in Duke basketball history. That is not hyperbole. That was a really excellent game plan from Charlie Moore, and it was awesome to hear those Duke players kind of own up to their mistakes, know that they've got to get better, and you could just tell listening to them, this team is going to be upset at how they played, and I do think they'll turn it around and play much better in the games to come. Coming up next, Duke women's basketball. Back in the win column, you're listening to Locked On Blue Devils. Hey, Duke fans, this is J.J. Jackson with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. 
Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much to two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. Final segment here today on Locked On Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson. Number 17, Duke women's basketball back in the win column yesterday with a 74-65 win on the road at Syracuse. Duke had a 12-point lead at halftime and able to hold on to win by nine over the Orange. Duke was 6 of 17 from three-point range, 20 of 30 from the free throw line, had 16 assists, 14 turnovers for Duke, but they were able to overcome that and find a way to win. It was senior Anomi Akibadi James with a career-high 16 points and six rebounds. Malia Goodchild had 13 points. Shade Wilson had 13. Senior Lexi Gordon had 11. And senior Jade Williams had 10 points. So five Blue Devils scoring in double figures. This was cool. It was the 400th ACC win in the history of Duke women's basketball as they again improved to 2-1 and one in ACC play, 11-2 and two in overall competition for Duke so far this season. Their record is nearly identical for the men's team, although the men's basketball team for Duke has played one more non-conference game than the women, and that was a win for Duke men's basketball. Syracuse was 4 of 18 from the three-point line, 15 of 16 from the free-throw line, and Duke did force 16 turnovers that they were able to turn into a number of different points. Last Thursday, Duke had their game versus Georgia Tech postponed. Again, Duke hadn't played since Sunday, January 2nd, so a full week off off for the Blue Devils. On January 2nd, they had that 72-70 win over number 16 at Notre Dame. They've now got to play Georgia Tech, the game that was postponed, and uh, Georgia Tech was another top 20 team. So coming up next on Thursday, January 13th, Duke will be back at home inside Cameron Indoor Stadium for a 6 o'clock Eastern tip versus Virginia Tech. Last thing to talk about for Duke on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast today, the men's lacrosse team garnered the number three spot in the Nike slash USA Lacrosse Division I men's preseason top 20 poll that was released this past week. The ranking is compiled by USA Lacrosse Magazine staff in consultation with college coaches as the reigning NCAA champion Virginia tops the list. 2021 runner-up Maryland is second. Duke is number three. And then Georgetown and Notre Dame round out the top five, respectively. The Blue Devils feature a depth of talent all over the field and return five of their top six scorers and two of the three starting close defensemen and goaltender Mike Adler to their squad as Duke has several All-Americans returning to their roster, as a couple of guys have been tabbed to the preseason All-American squads, including the Kai Montgomery, Brennan O'Neill, and Tyler Carpenter. Brennan O'Neill, the top returning scorer, after he had 45 goals and 10 assists as a freshman last year. Unbelievable. It was graduate student captain Joe Robertson, who's going to return as a veteran attackman. He had 36 goals and 54 points a season ago to push his career total to 173. Duke will benefit from the transfer of Sean Lully from Penn. He started 31 games during his time with the Quakers, scoring 39 goals and dishing out 39 assists. 
Nakai Montgomery, again, a first-team All-American a year ago, will be the leader once again in the midfield. He had a career-best 22-assist season a year ago and owns 106 career points. Remember, Nakai Montgomery walked on to the football team this past year for Duke and got to play in some mop-up duty. So now he's going back to his best sport as an All-American at lacrosse, and that's going to be really exciting to watch. Jake Nasso is coming back to handle the face-off duties. Nasso is coming off a stellar rookie campaign, setting a Duke freshman record for face-off wins and ground balls. I'm excited about this Duke men's lacrosse team. I always talk about how good of a team it is for the Blue Devils, the program that John Donowski has done there leading the way, and uh, love giving you updates on lacrosse throughout the spring. So number three in the preseason top 20 poll there from Nike and USA Lacrosse. Really looking forward to tomorrow's edition of Locked on Blue Devils as Terrence Oglesby from the Field of 68 Podcast Network will be back with us. Again, Terrence Oglesby, the former Clemson basketball player, has been on the program before. I'm excited to hear his thoughts on this Duke basketball team now that the season has actually started. We've talked to him in the preseason, and he's going to have a lot of thoughts on the state of the ACC right now. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. And you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each and every day. Make sure you check out the Locked On ACC podcast with Candace Cooper. She's got a great Monday episode up right now. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.